0: interpretation stalls us out. Interpretation keeps the thing that feels impossible actually impossible and out of reach. You can't interpret. You have to see it as the information that it is. See it as the useful tool that it is. Hey friends, welcome back to the Make It Inevitable podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Zamora, and today I want to talk about taking a good hard look at the things we need to look at to get some insight and information to help us achieve the seemingly impossible. I was remembering before hitting record, I think it was maybe 2011, 2012, I had started in 2008 my second design business with my then partner who was also a designer and anyone who had or started a business in 2008 knows that it was challenging with the recession. Not only were we starting a business in a recession, but we had quit our jobs and moved to Hawaii. And Hawaii, understandably so, a lot of people don't want to work with anyone who isn't from the islands or hasn't been on the islands for a while. And we managed to start and grow our business in a recession in Hawaii. I was, I don't even know what, 24? And yeah, it was a journey and a challenging adventure and we did amazing work and we got amazing clients and we managed to grow despite all of the challenges, but we had hard years. We had a lot of years where we didn't pay our taxes. We did installments or got on installment repayment plans and times where we were juggling money. I don't know how many of you have been there. I think a lot of people have where it's like, I'm going to pay this and then i'll pay this late over here and i'll finagle this and that and this can probably go another month before they shut the power off whatever it might be and so we built a business and made a life in hawaii in 2008 2009 up until 2012 and struggled financially and i had done a lot of investing in myself i joined a mastermind i was getting coaching i was taking some programs And I had some support, but not completely in terms of financially and and making that happen. But got to a place where I knew finances weren't great. I was so afraid to look and see what did I actually owe in terms of debt to the IRS, to credit cards? What did it actually cost to live? And was I actually making enough money? And that partner and I split the business. I believe in 2011 or 12, because we wanted to work with different people. We had different ideas of how we wanted to work, the businesses that we wanted to run. And so we split the business and shortly after broke up. And that all worked very beautifully and seamlessly, thankfully. But I remember realizing that I really needed to take a good hard look at where I was at with my money. And I was terrified. I was terrified because I thought that it would be stressful and upsetting. And I was worried about the things that I would think or feel about myself, that I was an idiot, that I wasn't cut out for this. I would feel just completely screwed if I had a real look at where I was at financially. But when I finally did it, when I finally sat down and I created my very first spreadsheet. So to this day, I keep a Google sheet that tracks the money that I we make each month so that I can track payment plans I can see how much is actually coming in that was the first year that I did that I created a sheet to actually track my income each month like where I was at what I was expecting and I made another tab which was debt I looked at my student loans I looked at credit cards I looked at what I owed the IRS at the time and even though the numbers weren't pretty I definitely was not making enough to cover my actual expenses. So I did that too. I outlined what my actual expenses were. I felt relief. I felt relief because I I knew it wasn't this big, scary, blobby thing of like, it could be horrible. I could be like, just, I'm never going to dig myself out of this hole. It was, I knew where I was at. There was no uncertainty. There was no... Spiraling, there was no stories, there was no big imaginations that were way off. It was there, it is in black and white right in front of me. This is how much I'm making, how much I'm projected to make, this is how much I need to spend every month, this is the debt that I have if I want to pay it off. And it was so, even though it was still stressful, even though it was still, there was still uncertainty. How am I going to make this work? How am I going to make the money that I need? How am I going to pay off this debt? There was peace because I knew I had the information that I needed as a starting point to move forward from. And since then, there has been other things. There has been other points of really needing to sit down and look at my finances. There has been points of health. Where am I actually at numbers-wise, whether that's weight or my blood work or whatever else, like there can be stress about that. Like, oh my God, if it's this number or these numbers or that's going on, I'm gonna feel this way, it's gonna be so terrible. I'm probably dying of something. And then you get the information. And even if you don't like what you see, there is still peace. There is still calm. Even if there is also stress and anxiety, even if there are feelings about it, especially when it comes to our health, our numbers, where we're at, when it comes to our finances, like there is a lot tied up in those numbers and how we perceive ourselves and what we make that mean about ourselves. But there is also this piece of just knowing, just knowing this is where my finances are at. This is what I actually owe. This is where my health is at. This is what I actually weigh. This is what my labs actually say. Because now you know, and there isn't that anxiety of the unknown. When it comes to making the impossible happen, I really feel that metrics can be such a powerful tool as long as we're not interpreting them as long as we're not telling stories about them. So if, for example, taking me where I'm at, I worked really hard 2022 into 2023, working on my health, healing my metabolism, healing my hormones, getting all my labs done, going on a very strict metabolic plan, which I've talked about on here. And I had to look at my numbers, which I didn't like and was uncomfortable, but the same thing, peace. There's a calm that comes with knowing and seeing and understanding and i had to work through my feelings about that what does it mean about me as a woman if my weight is above a certain number what does it mean about me as a good healthy human if my other labs are above these numbers or if i had this thing going on over here that i didn't even know i should be worried about we have to notice those interpretations and work through them as they come up same with finances same with Maybe you're terrified to get a certification because you're not sure if you'll be able to pass it. That could be a certification for your profession. It could be a passion or an interest, something you're learning. You could be in school, any number of things. Maybe it's sitting down with your partner and saying, how would you rate us? You know, what grade would you give us in terms of connection and satisfaction and how happy are you in this relationship? What are you really feeling about me, about us, about our situation? Having those conversations with family and friends, it brings stuff up, even though it gives a sense of peace. You might sit down with your partner and find out they're really unhappy that you've been in this mood for so long or that you're no longer doing this thing or that they're just not feeling that connection anymore. And They've been having doubts or whatever it may be, like that will stir up emotions to look at the numbers, to look at the metrics, to get clear on where you actually stand with things. But as with everything, it's a gift because anywhere that we're interpreting, that is holding us back from creating what it is that we want. If I'm too scared to look at my numbers because that will mean that I am a gross and disgusting person who is unlovable at their core and can never get anything right and is always going to be just scraping by and whatever stories I might tell, not only am I going to avoid looking, but I'm going to be triggered beyond belief when I finally do, when I'm finally presented with the information. So if you have resistance to looking at the numbers or the information, I'm going to just say looking at the metrics, looking at the numbers, but that could also be, getting insight and information into how is the partnership going how would your boss rate your work and whether or not you're on track for the raises or advancements and promotions that you want how do your clients really feel about your program and your coaching and what do people really think of your podcast and your writing whatever it might be how are you really doing at whatever you're training for are you really making progress if you have a resistance to that that's a gift that's something to dig into and dive into because there's something there that you're afraid of. There's some story, some core wound, some past trauma, some limited limiting belief, some subconscious programming that tells you if it's not this, you're just garbage. You're just a worthless, unlovable human. What is that resistance that you feel? What are you afraid of? And maybe it's not even the information. Like that information can feel scary. If I actually know how much I owe in terms of debt, Oof, I'm going to have to actually figure out how to pay that off. I'd rather, ignorance is bliss, not actually. Ignorance is not bliss. It's just ignorance. What are you afraid? Not just what you think that number means, but what it means about you. That information, that feedback, that grade, that whatever. What if it's not good or right, or as it should be, quote unquote, for all of that. What are you afraid that will mean about you? For me, the money, it was that I am a terrible adult, that I am a crappy business owner who has no business teaching anybody else or working with anybody else. When it came to looking at my weight and my numbers, it was that I'm just a big fat blob and I'm a horrible, unlovable woman and I'll never get BXYZ. No one's ever going to love me. No one's ever going to want to be with me. I had to work on that just to be able to look at certain numbers at different times in my life. I had to be willing to allow that fear to bubble up, to look at and face what I think it will mean about me if, as well as to identify what I think is right and wrong. And a lot of that is arbitrary. A lot of that is based on systems. It's based on other people's projections, other people's values, things other people put on to us or tell us we need to be to be lovable or to be accepted by them or the system or whatever it is. And when we can tap into the resistance and the fear, we can start to work with it. Especially with something like acupressure, we can repattern to where if I tell you you are whatever weight or in however much debt or getting the grade that is not acceptable to you, you won't feel anything about it. It will just be like, oh, acupressure, disrupts our resonance with things. It disrupts the belief. It disrupts the trauma. It disrupts that emotional response. It doesn't numb us. It doesn't make us so detached that we don't feel anything. It just really very seamlessly eliminates that charge. So if I think about, if I get on the scale, it's going to tell me I'm X weight. God, that's going to feel awful because that means this about me. All that angst can be repatterned to where it might be a little bit of a, Ooh, I don't like that, versus, oh, my God, I'm worthless. I hate everything. I should just give up on life. I don't deserve anything good. So there are ways to work with that. And when you actually put in the time and energy and effort to see where you're at, if that brings things up, you get to work on that so that it's not something that keeps you in avoidance or holds you back from doing the work because the stories are irrelevant. They're not true. They come from our core wounding. They come from our subconscious programming. They are beliefs that other people put into us, put onto us, that you have to look and weigh a certain number, that you should or should not have a certain amount of debt. You should or should not be making a certain amount of money. You should or should not have certain grades or proficiency at this point in time or not. All of that's arbitrary. There is no one right way to do things. And, We are not a bad human. We're not a worthless, unlovable human. If when we actually look at where we're at with things, it's not where we think it should be. And we have to address different things. Why do we believe that it should be that way? There is no fixed way that things should or should not be. There is no right way that life should or should not turn out. There's just what's happening. And I talk a lot about this in the What Really Happened book. We'll link to that in the show notes. So not interpreting things. Things just are what they are. You just weigh what you weigh. You just have the debt that you have. You have the proficiency that you have. You, you're you getting the feedback. You're, you're meeting the people who are giving you feedback standards or you're not. It literally doesn't mean anything else about you, them, or the world. But that's what we do when we interpret. We make it mean something about me. I'm a piece of crap. I'm unlovable. I knew I would never amount to anything. I should crawl into a hole, curl up, and just stay there until I die. They'd be right for leaving me, firing me, whatevering me. We tell a story, and that triggers our core wounds, which triggers our winning strategy, and then we start to operate in such a way that we can produce comfortable known outcomes. We can go back into avoidance. We cannot go after the things that we really want because we've told ourselves that we're not good enough. If you're going for something in your career or your business, and you're not proficient yet, you take the test and you don't pass it, what story do you tell yourself? And how does that keep you from going after what you want? If you could just see, if you could take that information to see, this is where I'm at. This is where I need to put in more work in order to raise my proficiency, to pass this, to get the certification, to graduate the program, to whatever it is, get the job, start the business, qualify for this or that. It's just insight and information. It's just a reflection of where you're at inside that system, inside that measurement. That's all it is. If you look at your finances and you say, oh my God, I'm in so much debt. I'm never going to get out of it. I don't know why I bother doing anything. I'm just going to quit now. I'm just going to work this job that I hate because I have to pay it off. There's no point in trying to start my business. There's no point in doing this or that. I can't enjoy my life. I'm just garbage. I, I don't deserve to go on a third date with that amazing person who is probably the love of my life because I'm just a piece of crap. You block yourself from what it is that you want. You keep it impossible. You push it out of reach, and you go into a mode that limits you because it's based on limited beliefs that are based on stories that are anchored in our core wounds and our traumas and our subconscious programming that was formed before we had any ability to accept or reject those beliefs. Interpretation stalls us out. Interpretation keeps the thing that feels impossible actually impossible and out of reach. You can't interpret. You have to see it as the information that it is. See it as the useful tool that it is to look at the thing that you're afraid to look at, to look at where your finances really are, to look at where your health really is, to use that as a starting point, as a point of reference, to take the test and get the grade, to get the feedback. And we feel how you feel. We always feel how we feel. When we step on the scale, when we put all the finances into a spreadsheet, when we get the email with our test results, we feel how we feel about it. We might feel sad. We might feel disappointed. might feel angry. might feel frustrated, even hopeless. All of our emotions are welcome. There are no good emotions and bad emotions. There's only expansive and contractive. And when the contractive ones come up, we have to feel them. We have to process them in real time by feeling them, by moving them through us. So if I see a number I don't like, I get feedback that I don't like, I feel how I feel. God, I'm disappointed. I was hoping it would be higher. I was hoping it would be lower. I was hoping it would be better. I feel crappy. I feel sad. I feel angry. You let yourself feel how you feel, but you do not indulge the stories. And the stories are things that are not true. The stories are echoing from our core wound. I'm a piece of crap. I'm worthless. I'm not good enough. I should just quit. I should just give up. And sometimes they're tied to other people's projections, other people's ways of harming us, other people's value systems, other people's beliefs, the ways people traumatized us. My third grade teacher was right. I'm never going to amount to anything. I should just stop trying to be a doctor, a lawyer, whatever it is I'm going after. Your first movie that you put out, you get low reviews. Give up on your dream. I knew I'm a piece of crap. I'm not creative. My second grade art teacher who told me my little clay blob was ugly, she was right. When really, all that happened is that you got a reflection of feedback inside a certain system or experience either just the metrics and the numbers that are just information, or feedback from other people that may or may not be relevant. For example, you show the movie, the first movie you've ever made, and you get consistent two stars. Did you show it to the right audience? Was it a cheeky thriller movie that's supposed to seem low budget? That's the style, and you showed it to uppity moms who would never want their children to see that, let alone themselves? Was it the right audience? That could be it. That could be, it could be that simple. Their feedback isn't actually relevant because oops, wrong audience, wrong people to have the conversation with. Or was it the right audience? Was it the right people to have the conversation with? And can you discern what of their feedback is relevant and what's not? Some things are just personal opinion. People just want to be heard. Here's how I feel about it. Here's what I think. Here's what I would have done. And sometimes there are relevant reflections. If you're able to listen without being devastated by the information that's in front of you, you might see where you can improve to further align yourself with your goal. And improving doesn't mean that you're a piece of crap if you have to improve. Notice the stories that you tell yourself. Are they serving you? Doubtful, they rarely are interpretation keeps us from looking at what we need to look at and then spirals us if and when we finally do. So notice your resistance. What are you afraid to look at? I know what I'm afraid to look at right now. That tells me what I can heal more around, that I still have certain traumas that are coloring how I feel about myself if something isn't where it should be, quote unquote, should be. That's something that I can work on before I do the work of looking. And when I do the work of looking, I can welcome my feelings about it. And I can push my stories to the side because I know that they are not true. I can process them. I can do acupressure to make them less painful and intense. And I can look at what I'm looking at for what it is, insight and information. And if we're afraid to look at things, it's hard for us to progress. And when we're doing the impossible, we've talked about this on the show, we have to be a beginner. We have to suck at things sometimes. We have to be bad. We're usually doing something we've never done before. Otherwise, we wouldn't think it's impossible. So there's room for improvement. There's room for growth. There's room for learning and more proficiency. Do we make that a story about ourselves? We have to be perfect all the time. We have to know everything. And suddenly, I don't know how to do this, and I'm getting scores below what's comfortable for me. And that means that I'm worthless because my mom used to ground me for life and not speak to me until I got my grades up. What is there beneath the surface that needs to be healed and cleared? Not every impossible goal requires looking at uncomfortable metrics and information, but a lot of them do. We have to be able to look. And when we look again, as uncomfortable as it can be, as sad, as angry, and frustrated, and disappointed as we can feel, there's also this calm, this knowing of, okay. It's not this big, scary unknown anymore. Maybe you are working to be the pillar of health, and you need to go check and see if you have any scary diseases or conditions. You'll feel better once you know either way, even if it's news that you don't want, because now you have information that you can work with. And notice the interpretations that come up. And this is constant. And the more that you do it, the easier it becomes because the more that you're able to work on the interpretations, the more that you're able to heal the old traumas, to soften the core wound stories. Core wounds are always there to some degree because they were formed so young and they're anchored in our subconscious winning strategy, which was built and designed for us by everyone else up until our conscious mind came online five to seven years old, sometimes later. So they're always kind of there. But we learn to stop listening to them. They stop holding a charge. It starts to be this just like, there's that thought again, whatever. It doesn't have to limit you. It doesn't have to hold you back. For you to make your impossible goal inevitable, what information do you need? What information, metrics, feedback are you avoiding and why? Are you willing to do the processing work, the repatterning work, to untangle from those interpretations? to allow yourself to work through whatever stories you have core wounds you have limiting beliefs that need to be released are you willing to do that work and then when you finally do look are you willing to face those emotions as they come up to look at the stories and set them aside allow yourself to feel the raw emotion take those stories and work on them further the more that you do that the easier it becomes to face hard things, to get feedback, to see numbers or results or assessments that just aren't where we want them to be. That's all it is. Mm, It's not where I wanted, not where I need to be. It's telling me that I'm not living up to or delivering at this level that I need to be. And that does not mean I am a crappy person. It just means I'm not there yet. So what's missing? What's missing to get me there? We talk about these questions in What Really Happened, my book. It's a great book. I can't recommend it highly enough. I reference it quite a bit. It is one of the most freeing aspects of this work is to break free from interpretations. There's three questions. What's missing is not what's wrong. What's missing? You don't have the proficiency yet. You don't have the numbers yet. You're not making the amount of money that you need yet. You haven't paid off the debt yet. Your health is not where it needs to be yet. What's missing is not what's wrong or not as it should be, not what's garbage and crappy about you. What's missing for you to reach the goal? What is it that you need? And what's next? And the first question is always what really happened. All that happened is what happened. All the numbers are telling you is where you're at. All the feedback is telling you is where you're at or what people's opinions are about it. That's it not the stories, not the interpretations, please check out the book. We will also link to prior podcast episodes where we talk about the two most important conversations that you can have. One of them's internal, one of them's external. That's the internal one. What really happened? Where am I actually at? All that happened is what happened. All that's in front of me is just information and insight. What's missing, not what's wrong, not what's not as it should be. What's missing for me to have what I want and what's next to get myself to where I want to be. And none of that includes story. So please check those out. If you're struggling, process work and acupressure work. We can do both. We can do one or the other depending on where you're stuck. Please use the link below to book a consultation with me to learn more and I will catch you in another episode. Thank you so much for joining me today and being a part of our incredible community of purpose-driven individuals. If you are ready to put these teachings into practice in your own life, head on over to www.stephaniezamora.com podcast, where you'll get access to our collection of actionable and easy to implement workbooks. That includes our renowned methodology for making the impossible inevitable that's helped hundreds of individuals worldwide get into motion on their most important goals, plus our comprehensive guide to stopping self-sabotage and navigating the terror barrier with more grace and ease. We'd love your help in getting the message out and growing our community, so please take a moment to share this episode, subscribe to the podcast, and leave us a review on iTunes. I'll catch you in the next episode.